Hear what I say. We are the business today. Fuck shit is finished today. RT and J. We the new PB and J. We drop the Hello and welcome to Books the Podcast. The only podcast about books. I'm Tim. Tom. We're booksmen. Hell yeah. Well, last week you weren't so much of a booksman, to be honest with you. I mean... Did you actually read the parts you were supposed to last week, or were you just, like, running distractions the whole time? I read most of it. Like, I could have I could have gotten into it. Um, and then I kind of skimmed the rest of it. Yeah. But, like, you wouldn't have known if I was like, and that, that's where I got to, you know? And then also, like... And I'm done with this book. Like you, either way, you know. So at least well, we got to talk about what we wanted to talk about, which was Richard Marx. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I'm I'm shocked that I mean I guess I'm not shocked, but uh, the the community on Patreon was very understanding of you having difficulty reading that book. It's not that I well yeah I did have difficulty, but not like. I had to, like, sound out the words or anything. I mean, some of the names I had to. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you couldn't pronounce any of the characters' names. <laughs> yeah, but that's all right. Like, I'm not, I wasn't reading it aloud. I yeah. could just be like, when that name comes up, I'll call this guy Jerry. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> no, not an idiot. Uh, but uh, you've, you've switched books. You have now switched instead to uh i am legend by richard matheson which is a much shorter book mm-hmm. and it and it has vampires in it which uh which uh, presumably outlander did not i mean we didn't get very far in outlander but uh yeah i don't think so well considering how much they just glossed over the time travel witches not Come on, have somebody come up with some there kind of... There's also a broken stone, Tom. I want an invention. I mean, we all want an invention. <laughs> um, so... I mean, yeah, that book stunk. Um, and I'm sorry, I know people like it. It's, it. it stunk. I mean, it obviously It wasn't doesn't for stink. you. Yeah, it doesn't stink because it's it's tremendously popular. It spawned... Dozens of sequels and and uh, a very successful and popular TV show based on it. So, like, yeah. look, I'm the idiot here, but listen to me. It stinks. <laughs> well, what did you think of I Am Legend so far? Tom? Uh-huh. I can see why you like it. Okay. Why is that? Um, Because, let me get my notes up. Uh, well, I didn't. Because... Well, Okay. No, what were you going to say? I was going to say maybe you should explain what the book's about first, but maybe you what what you what you realize that I why I like it, you don't have to explain yet the, the yeah, story. Yeah. Yeah. It's about um and I read the first 12 chapters. Uh-huh. Um it is the, about like what's that? The the book is about 150 pages. Yeah. So I read half of it. Um 
I don't know how many pages it is. I read everything on the dang e-reader now. Yeah. I can't. I can't. That's why. That's what got me into the whole Outlander mess. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many. I mean, I have it in paperback somewhere around here, and like, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty small book. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how many words are in it, and if it's technically a novella. I believe a novella is less than fifty thousand words. Mm. Uh, but I mean, there's well, I've not... been keeping count as I've been reading. <laughs> well, that must have made it very difficult to read. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a short book. Um, so that's why I think you like it <laughs> because it's short. <laughs> no, you hear this? There's 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 fireworks going on outside. There's fireworks going on outside everywhere. Bonkers. Uh, I haven't read too much about the the fireworks conspiracies. Uh, oh. There there's some real stupid ones going on around out there, though. Yeah, there's some that are somewhat plausible. Right. I think it's just that, and for anybody unaware, like in in I believe most cities in America right now, there are just fireworks going off every night, all night until the early morning. They're like mostly more professional fireworks than we're used to like it's not just like bottle rockets it's like full-blown yeah. fireworks um and nobody's really a hundred percent sure why you know of course this always happens you know we're coming up on fourth of july weekend um so there's there's you know always people around this time setting off fireworks for no reason other than to watch right. fireworks, but there's a seemingly a lot more. I think it's mostly just down to everybody's bored and cooped up and like, you know, at night it's like, well, what are we going to do? Like you can't have like a party. You can't go to a bar yeah, or, or a club, but Hey, you can have some people come to your block and you can set off fireworks and you can all stand outside, and watch that. Yeah, I think the Groochies are behind it. <laughs> They're now, behind a lot of things. To some extent, I do think it's a lot of the um, professional um, fireworks displays for the 4th of July have been canceled. Yeah. Um, in New York and surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, people have a lot of professional grade fireworks that (laughs) That they're looking to get rid of yeah and that they're probably just selling them to a guy you know man that's a pretty good theory that that makes a lot of sense because like the gruchis or whatever i'm sure they buy all that shit in advance yeah exactly and i mean the only thing is like wouldn't they just keep it for next year but like i don't know do they go bad or something i think they go remember when i had all those firecrackers in my trunk for a long time yeah and then i was real scared because of so that episode the storm drain <laughs> yeah i was real scared because of that episode of lost where arnst uh got blown up by an old stick of dynamite yeah and they were talking about how like oh yeah like uh whatever it is that makes up dynamite they're like, yeah, once it gets old, it gets like very unstable. And I'm like, well, I got a bunch of these little things in the back of my car. Yeah. So I didn't know what to do with them. So I put them in the storm drain. <laughs> that was the most responsible thing to do. It was the safest thing to do. I didn't want to walk around with them. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So I think uh, the, the black market is being flooded with professional um, level yeah with with more professional because like and and they're probably cheaper and yeah. uh 
Hey, if you if if you had the chance this year to set off Gruchy level fireworks, Tom. Yeah. Be a fool not to. Uh, so anyway, I'm I'm like I get nervous around fireworks. I so I probably wouldn't. And actually, the other night, like twice in one night, I fireworks woke me up to the point where like I jumped out of bed like I had PTSD, like like just so like ah. Triggering something you didn't even know. Yeah, I don't know why. I I guess there's just a loud bang, you know, it's scary. Yeah. No matter Um, who you are. It's true, it's true. Even if you're a very brave man like me. I can tell why you like this book, Tom. I can see why you like it. Um, It's about world building. Okay. Um, And the very specific details about how things work in a specific world and situation. Yeah. Um, and uh, in a way that is ingeniously done where um, it's doling out the information in a compelling way. Yeah. Um, but, like, you are somebody, I feel like... Um, uh, who is very much like, uh, yeah, but how does this world work? Like, <laughs> right. how would they do this um, in, in, in entertainment? And I think in some ways that, uh, and I think you're like, this is the best example of this, where it's like, it's relevant that this is all how this would work, where like sometimes people are like, I found a plot hole in this movie. Yeah, it's not how like that. How did this guy get to this place? It's like, they didn't show it. He probably drove, Yeah, right? Like, because that'd be boring to show. But in this, it's like, oh, he has his own uh, hothouse to, to grow the garlic because there's no other people. So, of course, he'll, he knows that garlic, and he doesn't actually know why, but he's going to become a scientist and find out why these things happen. And just like... And then the way they dole out the backstory of, like, this is how the vampires took over. It's not like there's no prologue where that happens. It's like you get yeah, it piecemeal in flashbacks and you put it together. And I yeah. feel like you like you like plot-heavy things mm-hmm. um, and you like the minutia of how worlds work. Right. And this weaves those two things together in a compelling way where, like, you're putting everything together yourself um, and uh, understanding the story more as that evolves. Yeah, I think it, it's and like, it's done very economically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and apparently he wants to have sex with the lady vampires a lot, which it took me a while to figure that out. Um, <laughs> well, what's to figure out? Well, why don't you explain what the book is about before right. you get into why he wants to have sex with lady vampires? Yeah, so there's a guy, Will Smith. It's not Will Smith. No, his name is Cypher. No. And he has a son named Katai Rage. <laughs> no, and Tim, I think you're you're thinking of the, the Will Smith movie he made with his son called, what was that, Spaceship Earth or something? After Earth. After Earth. Yeah, no, but that's based on this book, Tom. No, you, no Will Smith made a movie called I Am Legend, which was based on this book. And that movie, by the way, predicted Batman v Superman. In what way? Uh, he's in Times Square, like a deserted Times Square, and there's a Batman v Superman 
uh, poster. Not Batman v Superman. There's just a movie poster with you know the Superman symbol and the Batman symbol. And that movie, the I Am Legend, was made by Warner Brothers, so that's why. Yeah, I like that. It predicted it. it (laughs) Well, it didn't predict it. (laughs) I just remember that when that movie came out and you saw that, it was like, whoa, imagine. Imagine the future they made a movie. Imagine how great this could be. (laughs) Yeah, and then they made it. It was like, oh, oh, well. Okay, one thing I didn't understand about this book, Tom. Mm -hmm. You still have an you still have an explain. Okay, go ahead. First, uh, first words of the book. Uh, it's nineteen seventy six. Uh huh. That's not the first word, but it says like, you know, like January nineteen seventy six to set the scene or something. Yeah. And this guy's like the last guy on Earth or something. That didn't happen. <laughs> I've read about nineteen seventy six. That's not how it happened. There's there weren't vampires in 1976, right? Well, and the book was written in 1954, so at the time, 1976 was you know a decent amount, a decent way in the future. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So he didn't know. Richard he Madison was just dumb. He didn't know. It wasn't even that he was dumb. He was dumb and old. He just old thought, dumb bastard. He thought in 22 years. There's going to be vampires everywhere. Yeah. Well, didn't happen. So who's the the idiot now? (laughs) Look, it isn't a competition, Tim. Neither you nor him are idiots (laughs) for, for making something up. All right. There's this badass guy. His name is Robert Neville. Yes. One of the Neville brothers, I believe. (laughs) Yeah. But that's one of the things you have to read between the lines. Exactly. Well, he acts very soulfully. (laughs) Right. Um, And you can tell he's a badass because you know what he's doing? He's smoking cigarettes. He's drinking alcohol. He's listening to records. Yeah, but in the 50s, that was like, I don't know, that was what everybody did. Yeah. But it's the 70s, Tom, remember. Yeah, but remember, he didn't know what the 70s would be like. Um, so, like, it The book never out... mentions Richard Nixon even once. Jesus. Uh, they didn't even mention uh, that he was back again. <laughs> Richard Nixon? Richard Nixon back again. What does that mean? Just when he ran for president again? Tom, have you never even heard... Billy Joel's oh, start I, the fire. I, yes, I get it. I see. Um, <laughs> well, Tim, he, this was way before that. Um, so it, it drops you into his world, and he's just like uh, looking around his property, mm-hmm. and he's like, Ugh, last night's attack wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, and he's fixing up his house, and you, you slowly realize something's going on here. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, you know... Uh, you don't know what he's, he's he's just refer or they're just referring to the things that are tormenting him as they. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had to like board up his whole house and he's stringing up uh, garlic. And then you're like, oh, garlic. I know what this is. And I then, know what uh, I know. It hates garlic. Yeah. And uh, he burned down his two neighbors houses. So uh the they couldn't jump from the roofs of of those houses onto his roof, um, and it's just like, 
what is attacking him every night? Cheapers, <laughs> yeah. creepers. They do have this thing. It is, I don't love this. They have this thing. Uh, <laughs> in the book, <laughs> this happens. Uh, it's explained that uh, when uh, when it's cloudy out, yeah, um, he has problems getting back home in time. Whatever they are, spoiler alert, it's vampires. You find out in like 10 seconds that it's vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can't be out during the day. Yeah. Um, but like uh, on cloudy days, he can't veer too far. He can't He can't stray too far from his home because uh, he's got to get back in time. Uh, and if he's just judging by the sky, he never knows when night starts. Yeah. Which is like, come on, man. Watches aren't that complicated. Well, yeah, and especially in the, like, 50s and 70s, like, you know, a lot of watches were were hand-wound. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't even need, like, a battery-operated watch. Whatever. So, it's it's basically him uh, living as if he were the last man on Earth. Yeah. Being tormented by something. Um, and it's 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 those details I was talking about, like those cool details about like how he's self-sufficient and like the details of how he, you know, fortifies his house mm-hmm. um, against these things. He's always talking about how uh, I should get soundproofing so I can just like sleep through all this. And he tries to listen to records and uh, essentially uh, the 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 vampires come. And then the only other name that they mentioned for a while uh, besides his his wife and child's name, is this guy Ben Cortman, who is my favorite character in the book. That that's his neighbor, right? Yeah, and he's just like, "Hey, come outside, buddy." <laughs> yeah. So this this novel is credited with uh, kind of not coming up with, but like contributing to the idea of zombies, right? I uh, always thought this was a zombie story. I never knew it was vampires. Yeah, I mean the mo- in the movie they're zombies. Um and basically the the book popularized or came up with the idea of infected people spreading that infection to the point where almost everyone is infected. Uh, which is, you know, like the trope of zombie and, and they're all, and once you're infected, you want to kill other people. Hey, uh, it's also the trope of the year 2020. Am I right? Yeah, it sure is. It's been a hell of a year, Tim. Um, but yeah, the, the, the difference, one of the big differences between the movie and like uh, in the book is is that they are straight up vampires. And right. this, this is a world where the idea of vampires uh, exists. Right. I believe. But yeah, but, he reads Dracula at one point. Yeah. But, you know, so the idea exists the same way it does in our world. But then all of a sudden vampires happen and it happens very quickly. They're not, you know, skulking around in castles. It's just an infection that spreads rapidly. And the other big difference between this and zombies is that the infected, the people who were infected while they were still alive are conscious. They can talk. They're not complete zombies. They're they're not just shuffling around that they talk to him. They taunt him and stuff. Right. And uh, the women try to lure him out. Um 
And he's like, man, I'd like to have sex with these ladies. Yeah, and then he has to be like, no. Robert, no. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really weird. Um, that That's what, because I was like, first I thought there were zombies, and then I found out there were vampires, and I was like, are they attractive? But he doesn't care. And apparently um, they are. Well, and they're also like, they they hang out on his porch at night, and when he looks through the people, they lift up their dresses and show him what's yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the weird things in, and I mean, it's weird, but I, I do like it. It's interesting in uh, Richard Matheson's books. His protagonists are um, often exceptionally horny with no way to act on that horniness. Yeah, and he can't like fire up the uh the internet or anything <laughs> right he can't jump on Pornhub and uh and and beat one out he's got a uh you know don't I don't... Say beat one out again <laughs> you know i don't know what you know maybe he's got some uh you know some cent- some pinfold centerfold pin pin up centerfold that he can yeah uh crank one to but uh uh, well, Richard Matheson didn't know that at this point they would have uh, those weird film reels that people that could <laughs> right. set up in their homes and would watch. Uh, yeah, but but you know Robert Neville, he would have to go and find one of those in somebody else's home unless he already had one. He's got the whole day to just walk around and do yeah, stuff. Yeah, but that's all like the, he chooses to do is just kill a bunch of vampires while he's out. But that's the only like he can. He can go find him. Sure, he can go look for him, but that's the kind of thing people hide very well back then because, uh, you know, they'd be thrown out of their church or whatever. But yeah. I, I just remember I read, uh, I've read a few of his books, and I think it's, uh, it's called The Incredible Shrimp, Shrinking Man. I think that's the, the name of it. The Incredible Shrimp. No, and it's basically the story of a guy who's shrinking, uh, and like every day he shrinks by half. Uh, and like he eventually figures out like, oh, I'm eventually going to shrink to the point where I disappear. But one of the he has two big problems. One of them is a spider. Uh, and the other one is they so horny, but he can't have sex with anybody because he's, you know, a what little... about the spider? No, that's the last thing you want to have sex with. Hmm. It would certainly make for an unusual story, Tom. <laughs> it would. The story was already pretty unusual. I think if he had sex with the spider, I probably would have closed the book and put it down. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have. <laughs> so, like a lot, you're like, let's see where this is going. <laughs> a lot of his books deal with protagonists dealing with like dealing alone with crazy sci-fi premises. So, this, so the Incredible Shrinking Man. Part of the problem is he started shrinking when he was in the basement. And then he gets to the point where, like, he can't get up the stairs. Classic Honey, I Shrunk the Kids situation. Yeah, so then he's just stuck down there. He's, like, fucked. Yeah. Did somebody almost eat him in a bowl of Cheerios? No, but I told you, a spider was trying to eat him. Yeah. So, so a lot of his stories are, like, a guy who's completely alone and super fucked and very horny. <laughs> yeah, that kind with, of... With uh, no outlet for his horniness. Yeah, that, uh... Uh, I wouldn't say that was upsetting, but uh, it took me a minute to be like, ah, it's one of these kinds of books. Huh? Yeah. Um. So yeah, the 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 vampires try to get in. Uh, I guess to make him a vampire. 
Yeah. Um, and then he falls asleep finally, and he gets up the next morning, and, and the next part is just him going about his day. Um, he goes out, and there are a couple dead vampires um, oh, who outside. Like, yeah, who waited too long to, to leave, right? Well, no. At this point in the book, um, he said that they, like, basically, he's like, they're all a bunch of jerks. At some point, they start feeding on each other. Oh, okay. Um, and so there are a couple of women, and so he just throws them in the trunk and then brings them to a big hole, a big pit, a fire pit. Yeah. And uh, we find out later. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the info dump. I'm not gonna, I'm not sure. gonna expertly dole out all the information the way that Richard Matheson does. You should just read the book. Uh-huh. Go and do that. Um, essentially, uh, <clears throat> when the vampire outbreak happens right it's kind of an outbreak the way they were describing yeah it Um, spreads extremely quickly yeah and the government was just like hey if somebody dies or gets you know vampirism or whatever Mm -hmm. uh, everybody you just got to go bring them to this big fire and burn them in the fire yeah uh look as the government we've set up a bunch of big holes in the ground full of fire uh that's where to put your loved ones after they've uh, become after they become zombies and you've been forced to kill them. Yeah. And so he goes and he drives his car to the, the pit, throws these, these ladies in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, this, is, this is the kind of stuff that I think you like because like, it's like he s- stops at the gas station and fills up uh, uh, his tank. Mm-hmm. And the reasoning behind that, even though he has... Uh, a tank of gas at his house or like a gas ration at his house. Yeah. Um, you know, just his thinking around like little details about like, I think you would always say like, you would think like, well, why wouldn't he just keep gas at his house? That, that would be the logical thing to do. And they address that like, well, no, he's going to save that gas while he's here during the day. He's going to fill up his tank. Um, well, I like oh, that's one. Of the I, things, I, mean, I know this is making you sound like a pedant, but that's not what I. Uh, no, no, no. Because my... one of the things that I like about this book so much is that you believe that he's the last man alive. That it's like, oh yeah, if he's survived this long, he's thought this shit through. That's how he's gotten to this point. Right. Um. So yeah, he does that, and then uh, it's kind of revealed that like he spends a lot of his days just walking around and uh, driving uh, stakes through the hearts of vampires during the day. Yeah, he goes into their houses while they're asleep during the day, and either puts a stake in their heart or grabs them by the hair and drags them outside to watch them burn in the sunlight. <laughs> yeah, um, and at some point, you know, here's the thing. He uh he doesn't realize at first that sunlight can kill a vampire. Yeah. Cause I don't know. I don't know. He was reading Dracula. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't pick he, up on that. There's also a lot of uh there there's a lot to the learning curve where he's like, Yeah, well I know that happens in books, but like this isn't books, this is real life. Little does this guy know this is a book. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but then he's eventually, look, I'm not even going to like, there's, I'm not going to go beat by beat here because, um, cause like a lot happens that is just kind of mundane. It's like not mundane, but just like, 
here's how he would uh, think about, you know, come well, to the conclu- like think about why does wood, um, why does it need to be a wood steak that right. would another kind of steak? And he just like ponders things like that. And it's, yeah. it's entertaining, but not for me to, to recount. Right. And you get the you get the impression that he's bored all the time pretty much like you know his, his day and night have just become so repetitive uh and one of the things that i love about this book that they changed in the will smith movie is that like before the outbreak he was just a regular guy mm-hmm. but he's trying to like educate himself to figure out what the hell's going on and why certain things work and certain things don't work. Uh, whereas in the movie it was like, Oh no, Will Smith was a top government scientist all along. Yeah. I hate when they have to do things like yeah. that in the, the book to movie situation. And it's always because like, well, to get a star attached, you ever read uh, William Goldman's uh, adventures in no, you ask me that every, every week. Because, like, oh, yeah, well, I do because it's all about, because uh, we do this show and we read the books and then watch the movies. Yeah. And it's about how to adapt a book into a movie and then actually get that movie made. You just have to rip the heart and soul out of that book because, like, <laughs> Will Smith is like, no, I want to be, like, a badass government guy that's, yeah. like, uh, I don't want to be, I don't want to play a regular guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be an everyman. You, yeah. you want an everyman, go get Tom Hanks. Exactly. And Tom Hanks is like, well, I'll do it. <laughs> I'd be happy to do it. Yeah. And then but I then work on my Tom Hanks. <laughs> but then he's like, uh, here's my Tom Hanks real quick. Hey! That's good. That's like <laughs> 1989 <laughs> to 1993 Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tom. But Tom Hanks occasionally, he likes to, you know, lose a lot of weight and grow a beard for a role. Yeah. Like an everyman, that's what I do. <laughs> um, yeah, so he he's he's constantly learning about things as he goes about his days, just like killing them. Oh yeah, to your point about him getting bored. Yeah. Um, like at one point he's like, he's just like fuck, like this again. Like he's he's boarding up his house. He's like reinforcing the door, and uh, the Ben guy is calling to him, mm. and he's just like. Why don't I just go out there? Why don't I just like? Well, yeah, fine. Like it'll end this stupid cycle of every day. Just yeah, because his family is dead; they're gone. Yeah, everybody. It takes him a while to dole out the fact that Kathy's his daughter, right, and Virginia was his wife. Yeah. Um, and it flashes back like he he threw his daughter into the fire, but uh. His wife he buried in the cemetery, and then she came back. Yeah. Then he had to kill her or something. I forget what happened there. That's when I, I reach a point when I'm reading where I stop taking notes because that takes too long. And I'll right. like, I'm like, I'll remember this. But <laughs> his wife comes back. She rises from the dead, and he's like, his wife, this was a bad idea. His wife came back. She couldn't stay away. <laughs> exactly. Then um, the very next day. Uh, yeah, it basically, he gets to the point where he's like, why am I living for if this yeah. is what my life's going to be? Which is which is my whole thing about um, disaster preppers, Yeah, where it's just like, and I have enough 
bullets here in case my <laughs> neighbors try to come and get in and take my stuff. Yeah. It's just like, is that how you want to spend your time? Like, <laughs> man, just, that's not a good way to live. Yeah. And this is why I think it's cool in the beginning that uh, that he's smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, yeah, I'm going to smoke cigarettes. I'm going to smoke cigarettes inside. This is before like people didn't smoke cigarettes Well, I was going to say, in, 19, in 1954, yeah. he was probably under the impression that that was going to extend his life, <laughs> that that was what was <laughs> keeping him healthy. <laughs> That's true. But if this happened, I was the last guy on earth, I'd, I'd walk around smoking cigarettes because I'd be like, I look cool. Well, he and spends, what do I have to live for if this kills me? Okay, good. He spends every night like I'm, I forget if it happens in the beginning of the book, but like it gets to a point where like he's just getting blackout drunk every yeah. night. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Why don't I become a scientist?" Yeah. <laughs> well, how? Why? How about instead of getting blackout drunk and chain smoking, I become a scientist? He starts uh, experimenting, and, like, he even calls attention to it. Like, eh, it's weird that I'm only doing these experiments on the female vampires. Oh, well. <laughs> um, and then at one point, he's driving back with a with a, a, a female vampire during the day uh-huh. um, just to, like, you know, see how it reacts. Like, he's taking blood from them, and he's like, I feel weird about this, but I won't rape her. <laughs> and it's like... Okay. okay. Who who brought that up, dude? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was on the table as a possibility. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, good to know. Um, <clears throat> but he like takes blood samples from him. He gets a microscope. He gets two microscopes. The first microscope isn't good enough, and he's yeah. like, "Well, I have to go get another microscope." So he does, and uh, he he isolates. Um, a compound from the garlic because he thinks um, that might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. And he, he, with his microscope and the vampire blood that he's been taking, he like isolates, he like sees the vampire virus. And so he, uh, and so he cleans his life up. He stops drinking and he becomes like a better person and a scientist yeah. who's going to solve this thing. Um, and then he uh, injects the the compound from that he's extracted from the garlic into the blood to see if that will counter if that will be a cure for the oh, vampire okay. gene, and it's not, and it yeah. turns him into a more miserable drunk than he's ever been in his life. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that part now. Um, and then yeah, because he, he he's just like insanely deflated. Yeah, and then he's just like, okay, back to being blackout drunk all the time. <laughs> Maybe during the day now, too. Okay. Right. <laughs> like, um, and then he's walking around, and he sees a dog, and he's like, well, I know dogs can be vampires. Right. But this dog's out during the day. Oh, it, it, at one point he learns that you know he starts dragging vampires out during the daylight and watching them disintegrate, but then yeah. he's just like, Oh, are these the original vampires? Or because like there were vampires that like rose from the dead. Yeah, but then the the people who were alive and were newly affected, he thinks they act in different ways and are vulnerable to different things. Um, it's really complex the way that like he becomes a scientist and just starts to investigate stuff. Yeah, essentially, there's two types of vampires, and they're they're ones that became infected while they were alive. 
and they're very vampire-like. And then ones that were infected once they were dead or or became infected, then died, and then rose. And they're kind of more zombie-like. I don't think... I think it's those ones that, like, don't have speech. They can't talk or anything. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's all very confusing. He's trying to figure it out. We're figuring it out along with him, although we did know about the sunlight thing before he knew about it. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, essentially he... Uh, he sees a dog and really the only thing oh the thing that stopped him from going out when he's just like fuck it this monotonous cycle I'm just gonna go out and edit and he's like no there might be somebody else out there there might be other humans that are Mm -hmm. still living like me Um, and so I think when he saw that dog that gave him hope because he's like that's not a vampire dog it's out there in the day yeah he Um, made it he found a way yeah and then the dog like walks away (laughs) <laughs> and that's where that's where it ended. But uh, I don't know. Judging from the movie poster, or the commercials that I saw of I Am Legend, Will Smith's walking around with a, some golden retriever the whole time. So I is have it a high... golden retriever or a German know, Shepherd? Some... Oh, maybe a German Shepherd. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've never seen the movie. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. Um, so I have high hopes that there's going to be a dog uh, featuring more prominently in this book. Yeah, I don't think we've read too many books on Books of Podcasts that feature dogs yet. No. Old Yeller? We don't want to read that one. (laughs) No. Um, Yes, you haven't seen the last of that dog, Tim. It's like Chekhov's gun. Once you show a dog, that dog's going to come back. Yeah, otherwise people be like, oh, what happened to the dog? dog? I wanted to see the dog. Yeah. But nowadays, it'd be like, well, we'll write a spinoff about what happened to the dog. Yeah. And it's just like, I didn't need to know that much about the dog. <laughs> oh, uh, that's how the dog got his name. Cool. <laughs> um, so the only characters you've been introduced to so far are, are uh, Neville and uh, Ben Cortland and the, his daughter and uh, wife, right? Yeah, and the dog. And the dog, but we don't know the dog's name yet. Yeah. Ooh, yet. Ah. <laughs> uh, I forget what happens. You know how to keep somebody on the hook. <laughs> yes. Looks uh, like I will be finishing this book. <laughs> well, Tim, I assigned you a very short book so that you would finish it. I know, and I've been enjoying it. I have to say, though, Tom, my brain is broken in such a like. I really, hey, first of all, Tom, mm-hmm. thanks. Thanks for, for uh, at one point, you gifted me this book on uh, Kindle. Oh, okay. Um, so thank you for that, but thanks for uh, forcing me to read it. I really like this book, um, but like sitting down to read and read <laughs> a, a, like having a, a an assignment. Uh-huh. I thought Outlander was tough because it was like the 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 book wasn't resonating with me. Mm-hmm. I love this book, and still sitting down to read this book is like fucking torture. <laughs> Why sitting is down that? and and concentrating on something, even if it's something I really enjoy, has become almost impossible. I think my brain is just completely broken. I'm over it. I just need some sort of I, I don't I don't know what it is. It's it's partly the fucking pandemic. It's partly uh the way that 
social media and my phone has just been, you know, slowly working on my brain. Um, mm-hmm. And then just like in the last three months, just like, hey, guess what? We're going all in on this. We're feasting on your fucking attention. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, you you sound uh, a lot like Neville uh, thinking about just walking outside with your mask off one day <laughs> <laughs> and, and just getting it over with. Tom, never, because I, my mask protects you. Yes. Your mask protects me. Did you know that? Yeah, and nobody cared who I was before I started wearing the mask. You know who said that? Batman. Bane. Oh. Bat- <laughs> Batman's enemy said that. Oh, no. But he said it like this. No one cared who I was until I started wearing the mask. Are people wearing Bane masks? Are the edge lords who are uh, upset about the having to wear a mask at least being like, well, then I'm going to do it as the the evil man? Um, yeah, apparently Bane masks like sold out months ago, and uh, we're I mean, and I doubt that there's very many Bane masks out there that are like I've seen some that that it's a pretty clever thing I would consider wearing one where like it's a cloth mask, but it's just printed with like, mm-hmm. you know, the way his mask looked. But apparently the like, you know, crappy like spirit Halloween store <laughs> masks, like latex masks have sold out. And it's like, uh, people don't think that's going to do anything, right? <laughs> You're going to put that over a cloth mask, right? <laughs> right, yeah. And like, boy, that's going to be really hard to breathe through after yeah. that. Um, um, well, I will say I, I definitely have noticed the same thing. Like I have... Uh, an extremely, I not only have an extremely hard time concentrating constantly, but, um, every, not every ad I, I've been getting so many weird ads online lately. Um, I keep getting all these ads trying to get me to either move to like nice looking within my price range apartments in New Jersey Mm. or like $7 million apartments in Tribeca, uh, Manhattan. So like, I don't know who they think I am. That's like, well, one of the two, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) nor am I like looking to move whatsoever. I'm about to, you know, not about to, but I'm going to sign another lease where I am. And, uh, so I get those ads that has nothing to do with what I was talking about. But, uh, the other ads I get constantly now are for, uh, ADHD and like, Hey, maybe you have ADHD. Why don't you try our web service? We'll, where we'll prescribe you Adderall over the internet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you tried it? No, I haven't tried it. I don't want Adderall. I'll become addicted to Adderall. I know, but maybe like, I'm thinking maybe <laughs> if I had some, I could read this book that I enjoy. But I'm thinking maybe if you tried this time, you could give me a few and I could try it. Um, no, I would I, do it if I were getting the ads, Tom. I'm not getting the ads, though. <laughs> and the ads, no. If they're diagnosing <laughs> diagnosing you, that's basically the same as a doctor. Exactly. No, it it made me feel very uh, uh, like I thought very cynically. Like, are all are the companies that offer this just raising their ad budgets right now because this is the way everyone feels? Yeah. And they're like, oh, shit, our conversion rate is through the roof right now. Like, let's let's start 
dumping money. Like, let's widen our audience here because everybody feels this way. We can convince everyone they have ADHD right now. <laughs> hey, Tom, it's what the puzzle industry did. Exactly. Yeah, puzzles became real big during uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Although I will say any time that I have, uh, like, during all this, gotten engrossed in a book um, or uh, right now I'm reading uh, uh, Devolution by Max Brooks about uh, mm-hmm. Bigfoot. Uh, anytime I re- it's very good so far. Um, anytime I'm like reading a book or watching not a TV show. I prefer show. to read the Blazing Saddles screenplay by Mel Brooks. <laughs> anytime. I'm reading a book, I'm watching a movie, not a TV show, a movie, or I'm like sitting down and playing a video game for a while. It feels so nice if I do get uh, like sucked into something. I agree. Because yeah. then when I finish, I'm like, oh, look at that. I wasn't thinking about everything else for uh, like a, a couple of hours here. Yeah, I've been doing that with movies. Um, movies are more my speed at the moment. Yeah. But like... It's, I mean, uh, it sucks that I'm, like, proud of myself. Like, oh, I watched that whole movie. <laughs> right. Wow. Held my attention that whole time. Um, but I've been reading. I am uh, a little proud of that because I've recently, like, turned off more movies than, like, ever. Like, I, I've i not been giving movies a shot. Like, I watch a movie and if, like, 15 minutes in, I'm like, nah, this isn't grabbing me. I turn it off. That's, that's, uh, you can't do that. I know. So that's why, like, I'm, I'm proud when I like, I'm like, now I'm going to let it play out. See what happens. Yeah. Um, that's why I like do a little bit too much research on all movies before I start watching them. (laughs) Yeah. So like, do all the people I like, like this movie? Okay. All right. Well, that'll get me over the 15 minute hump. Yeah. Well, before we were recording, I was telling you about how I started watching uh, the five bloods by Spike Lee on Netflix. Uh, and yeah, for that, it was like, all right, I've heard for a few weeks that this is pretty good. I really like Spike Lee. Netflix is telling me this is 98%. I will. And I still didn't watch the whole thing in one sitting, (laughs) but, (laughs) but at least like, it was like, all right, I, again, I don't, I probably spent more time reading about it then I yeah. will have watched it because I want to make sure like a movie is worth my time right now, <laughs> yeah. which is ridiculous. Which is insane. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. um, the I've, alternative I've... for me is I will sit there literally with nothing on and just dick around on my phone <laughs> for right. four hours. I've gotten like 20 minutes into some movies that seem like they're right up my alley. And if it's not grabbing me, I'll pause it and start reading reviews. <laughs> To see if I should finish it or not. <laughs> yeah. Instead of Sick. just assessing for another 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, or just being like, you know what? It's an hour of my life. Yeah. It's fine. It's not like the tw- the other 23 hours of my day are spent being incredibly productive right now. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Spike Lee, mm-hmm. I just watched Do the Right Thing for the first time in my life. Uh-huh. That movie's the best movie ever made. Yeah, he's a very, very good uh, filmmaker. Yeah, that is a, a charming movie. It's a devastating movie. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's funny, but it's, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's the best tone of any movie 
Um, so well done. Hey, Have you... check it out. Spike <laughs> Lee, little known director and his most obscure film, Do the Right Thing. Uh, have you ever seen uh, Son of Sam? No. You should watch Son of Sam by Spike Lee. Uh, I think you would really like it. Yeah, it's written by Christopher Moltisanti. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the actor, not the uh, not the character. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Michael Imperioli. Mm-hmm. Um, and it stars uh, John Leguizamo. Hmm. You might know from House of Buggin'. I know him more from The Pest. I know him more from... Uh, Can't say that word. <laughs> what uh, word? Oh. I only know I only know like three things that John Leguizamo. Oh, did. I was going to say I know him from uh, living to Wang Fu, living around my uh, my writing space. Oh, and seeing him on the street sometimes. I've always been. Nineteen ninety nine was a weird year because at some point I had a list of all the movies that were coming out that I had like... Well, 99 was like a big year for movies. Yeah, there's actually a pretty good book called... It has the worst title ever. It's called uh, Best Movie Year Ever. Uh Um, But it came out, I think, last year, about 1999, and it goes through all the seminal movies there. It was a great movie year. But like, I just remember, for some reason, I like went online and just like looked up all the upcoming releases for the year, and I made a list of all the movies that I wanted to see. Um, and Summer of the uh, Summer of Sam was like at the top, yeah. And I and I just didn't. You would like it. it it's it. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time, but uh, it has kind of Zodiac vibes. Nice. You know, I mean, obviously a very similar type of thing, right? A serial killer. Uh, I just saw uh, John Leguizamo in the movie The Night Clerk which I think is on Netflix, and I did not like that movie whatsoever. Helen Hunt Hunt was in it, too. Helen Mm. Hunt, first off, Helen Hunt wasn't given enough to do, and John Leguizamo was, like, a a detective and, like, kind of made out to be a jerk, but, like, the whole time you're like, no, I get why he's being hard on this guy. This guy's lying to him. Like, the the main character, Ty Sheridan, plays him. Um. And you're, I don't know, I got the impression that it's like, oh, you should feel like John Leguizamo's being a jerk to this guy. He's pushing him too hard. And it's like, yeah, but I know that guy's not telling him everything. And also, John Leguizamo is charming as hell. I'm I'm always going to take his side. Exactly. He wasn't given enough to do either. I'd like to see John Leguizamo as a detective in more things. All right. Well, Hollywood, (laughs) you've heard it here. Yeah. Um, Remake I Am Legend with John Leguizamo. <laughs> um, I am very interested in watching I Am Legend after all this, and I think I'll hate it. Yeah, it's not very similar at all. Uh, Which is I may, bonkers. I may watch, um, there's a movie based on this called Omega Man that is huh. starring Charlton Heston. Uh, I believe from the seventies. Hmm. Uh, there is also a movie. It, one, what's the name of that? Um, that like uh, mockbuster company. They made a movie called "I Am Omega." That is like a ripoff of the Will Smith "I Am Legend." 
Uh, well, I don't, I don't care about that. Yeah. Um, so Richard Matheson, mm-hmm. he wrote a bunch of uh, Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah, he wrote Terror at 20,000 Feet. Like mm-hmm. He wrote like big Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah, and, me. And his son co-wrote the Bill and Ted movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Including this third one, which... Oh, God, I'm holding my breath on that one, guys. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful about it. I'm optimistic, but cautiously optimistic. Like, I'm not getting my hopes up too high because, I look, if I got my hopes up real high about this being as good as the first two Bill and Ted's, it's never going to reach that. No. So I got to be like, you know what? I, I'll. It's not going to be good, but maybe I'll like it. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, maybe it's going to be real, real good. You know why I'm afraid that it's not going to be good at all? Why is that? Did you? I'm sure you saw the... Uh, Trailer? No, the the online where it's like, do you want to be a part of this movie? Oh, yeah, Possibly? yeah. And spoiler alert, if you don't want to know anything about this, we're wrapping up anyway. You can just turn it off. Uh, <laughs> we're done. Um, so... They're just like, here's a generic song clip, uh-huh. right? It probably had the tempo of the... Yeah. And uh, videotape yourself. And this was like, this call was made uh, on social media mm-hmm. um, during the lockdown whenever yeah. and this like lifting everybody's spirits like make a video of you and your family rocking out to this song yeah and we'll use it so it's like all right it's obvious like it's gonna end in this montage but it's gonna like end with this montage of like cell phone videos from <laughs> yeah from like families like being like awesome dude you know it's like i i, I know exactly how this movie's gonna go and bogus journey you did, and and the original. You had no idea what where either of those movies was going. Uh, Bogus Journey ended with like a flash forward kind, not a flash forward, but they came back from the future and they were they like learned how to play guitar and everything. And I feel like they did show like the world, you know, coming together over the song. Yeah, I just feel like I don't know. Prove me wrong, guys. I think I'm going to watch some of these Richard Matheson uh, Twilight, Twilight Zone Zones. episodes. Twilight Zone has always been so uh, too daunting for me. Like, I've seen a lot of the classic ones. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit down and, like, watch all of the episodes on Netflix. Because I've also seen some goddamn clunkers in my day. Yeah, um, let me see. I'm just looking at his episodes because I think there's a good one that I would recommend um, that I can't find the name of. Uh, I I think it was him, and I know about this episode because after um, riding in uh, on uh, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror... I, as a young teen, I bought a book on tape uh, in the gift shop of, of a Twilight Zone episode. And it was, uh, I believe, an episode that he wrote. Uh, he wrote a ton of these. Yeah. Oh, uh, Nick of Time was a good one. It's yeah. A Shatner one. Uh, I think it was called like The Walk Home or Walking Home. 
Hmm. I'll find it. I'll send it to you. All right. It's a good one. I don't think I've ever actually seen the night, the original Nightmare at 20,000 feet. I think I've only seen like the millions of parodies and references to it. I I think it's terror at I might be wrong. Not according to sci-fi.com. All right. Well, then I'm sorry. I'm wrong. How dare you? Well, I've, you've seen the movie though, right? Um Walking Distance. Walking Distance. And it was not written by Richard Matheson. Okay. <laughs> it was written by Rod Serling. Got it. It's a good one, though. Very good one. Great. Hey, great to hear. Um, Tom, on that note, uh, next week we'll be finishing up I Am Legend. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk uh, talk more about Bill and Ted and the Twilight Zone. Yeah, who um, knows? And it'll be relevant to the conversation. Yes. All right. Look at us. All right. <laughs> Look at us what? <laughs> Thanks for being a patron, everybody. We'll see you next week. Toodaloo. Do-gooders, 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 do-g